State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey everyone, it's our favorite time of the year here at the Black Effect. We're heading to Atlanta for the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival, and we're not going alone. Nissan is back as our partner, and they're continuing their Pitch Your Podcast Lounge at the festival, where you'll have the opportunity to pitch your podcast idea live and share it with the Black Effect team. So get those podcast ideas ready. And remember, you can count on Nissan to dial up the thrill in your adventures, no matter where life takes you. Visit blackeffect.com forward slash podcast festival for more details. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to Checking In with Michelle Williams, a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. Okay, y'all, I'm always glad you join. I'm always glad you check in. But listen, you're going to be really glad you checked in because you're about to join me in a chat with a gospel living legend. He makes gospel music, but somehow his music just creeps on out and it just flows into other genres. He works with hip hop artists. He works with country artists. He works with R&B artists. He works with pop stars. Everybody loves this man. And we are about to find out why. Mainly, I believe it's because of his heart. Coming up next, right here on Checking In. This man that I am talking to today is absolutely phenomenal. I appreciate him because he has always been such an encourager to me, my peers, Anytime you see him at an event, he embraces you, loves on you. And um, I know that he gets the same in return. I just remember stepping on the scene, you know, to first do gospel music. And I was like, man, what is Kirk going to think? What is Donnie McClurkin going to say? Because those were some of my favorites. And they turned out to be just who you believe them to be through their music. Loving, encouraging, can kind of guide you along the way, but give you some truths that you need to know. So I really, really thank Kirk Franklin for that. Y'all have no idea how there are moments that I was like, man, if I never work with him, but we got the chance, we just sit and laugh and just crack up. We all have a blast. But I'm putting it out in the atmosphere because you guys know that I'm very big on the word future. Because the future is whatever we speak or write. I am going to work with Kirk Franklin. We're going to do music together. And I'm going to be so excited about that. I'm going to be excited about y'all's reactions to it. Y'all listen. How awesome would that be? I am so pumped up about this week's guest. He's legendary. His music transcends every genre. The only genre that I don't think I've heard him do is bluegrass. And I think that that's something that he could conquer and just absolutely blaze. Kirk Franklin, ladies and gentlemen. Kirk is also a dear friend for years. When I see him, he is the same. When we text, he is the same. And so I'm looking forward to this conversation because I know he is going to give us some gems. I know he's going to impart some hope 
I know he's going to make us laugh. And I'm really looking forward to everything that our guest, Kirk Franklin, has to say. Ladies and gentlemen, thank y'all for checking in. Kirk Franklin is up next. Y'all listen, I am so geeked, I'm honored, I'm excited, I'm humbled, I'm all of those adjectives. This man needs no introduction, but because of who he is, you have to give him a proper introduction, a legend, an icon. He's got to be in the Hall of Fame for everything. Okay, (laughs) just give this... Give this man a bust in even in the NFL Hall of Fame. Give this man everything. 16 Grammy Awards, multiple stellar awards, highly respected and sought after, called upon in every genre of music except bluegrass, but I know that's coming. I'm thrilled to introduce my next guest, Kirk Franklin. What up, little mama? Listen, friend. What up, little pimpin'? What's going on? What's good? How are you today? I'm good, baby girl. I'm good. You looking beautiful, black queen. You know, you 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 know. I just I just put on a little tinted moisturizer. (laughs) What's the cry in the voice? The the little vibrato as you talk. (laughs) You know, and a little bit of uh, rouge (laughs) on my lips. My it's God, a, today. It's a, on my lips. <laughs> on my lips. <laughs> Listen. See, this is why we don't get work done. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Can we take it back to a couple years ago when John Gray got installed as pastor and we sat in that hotel lobby mm. till like five in the morning? So dope. So laughed. Dope. And having good talk and laughter and there are just some people that I have loved and admired and looked up to to the point where I don't care where I am in my career there are still certain people that I'm just like man if I could just sit at a table with them and just talk and you are one of them wow wow I mean wow and to know that you are such a dope artist But a great friend and a brother. And it seems like when people call on you, because I know you stay at the feet of God, you always have an answer, even if it's just to encourage them. You might not even have to go that deep and theological, but you always have an answer and you always give hope. I don't know who this interview is with. I don't. Are are you talking about me? Like, I'm definitely was, was talking that, about you. It's all a reflection of me. I'm, I mean, I try to be a good friend, you know. Keep shining, keep smiling. No, no we you always count on me. <laughs> That's what friends are for. Listen, Kirkland. I just, I just, you know, I really try to the best of my ability. I always try to lead and have conversations about just being authentic. If if I'm authentically wrong, I'm I'm wrong. If I authentically mess up, I authentically mess up. I I try to try to lead with with what I'm not more wow. than trying try, try to have conversations about what I am. You know, and so, you know, and and I'm comfortable there. I really am comfortable there. It's um when did you get there? Because I'm sure coming in here, you felt like you, I don't know if you ever felt like you had to be a certain way, especially in gospel music. When did you get there? Well, I think that the game did it to me. Is I think that the, the, the tool of the community, that God used that tool to, um, to really temper my heart is because I was never the accepted guy. You know, I was never the accepted. I mean, either. I mean, started from my mama, started from my dad, was not accepted by my mother, not accepted by my daddy. I was adopted. And and then even in the church, I was the kid that, like, 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 do you remember you were little and there was always the kid who tried too hard to be friends with everybody? 
Like somebody said something funny and everybody laughed, but that one kid was like, ha, oh my God, it's on the best. Ha, ha, oh God. You know, like that was me and everybody's like, my nigga, it ain't that funny. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That was me. I was, I was trying so hard to be part of a family. It's because I didn't have a family. And so I was trying so hard. And then when, when I got to church, and when I started seeing that I had a burn to do music, I tried so hard to want to be accepted and played in the choir and did everything that I would get on get on people's nerves. Like I remember being in fourth grade and it was time to write a haiku. Like, do you remember haikus? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My haiku was in fourth grade, like no cap. It said there once was a kid named Kirk. The kids used to call him a jerk. When he went out to play, it was a rainy day. The stupid little kid named Kirk. And so oh, no. yeah. Yeah, so that was like the the motif of my life. That is the lexicon of how I viewed myself coming up. And so that allowed me to be more desperate, mm-hmm. to seek help, and to admit that I needed it. And I found peace in that. And then God would kind of even orchestrate the music to kind of be part of the my Xanax. <laughs> and then, you yeah. Know, you know, the, the music became... Is I don't know any other medications that Xanax for manic depression, and I'm not saying that to be anti-medicine. Absolutely, I'm saying, mm-hmm. I'm saying that you know songs like "Imagine Me" and 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 songs like "Help Me Believe." These songs became the therapy while I was in therapy. Wait a so, minute! It wasn't joy, joy. <laughs> it it wasn't that one. No food on the table, joy. I do not think it was not that loud, not that harsh of singing. That's like a lot of, that's like very abusive sounding. That's abusive oh. to your vocal cords. <laughs> oh. Okay, I'm sorry. So you were saying it was songs yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, songs like Imagine Me and 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 these, these, these songs that became part of my medicine for me to be able to find comfort and healing. It's. It's almost like the more I revealed, the more I healed. And so I was like, oh, I'm in. Wow. Now, as a man, I find Which that I am. awesome. <laughs> He's all 100%. <laughs> I wish more, as you said, the more you reveal, because you've had no problem since I've been able to have ear to your music. You've had no problem being transparent since the 90s. I mean, I was in college in 97 Wow. Uh, you know, and I believe kind that was God's property for sure. Yeah. I've gone th- I've gone through the fire and I've been through the flood. I've seen uh what is it? I've gone through the fire and I've been through the flood. I've seen lightning flashing from above, but through it all I remember I remember that he loves me and he cares. He loves me. Yes. And, he and he'll yeah. never yeah. put more on me. When yeah. I tell you it was those songs for sure. Got me through in that little old dingy, moldy smelling college dorm. Mm. Mm. You know, I just feel like it's okay. And like you said, you said three words that can seem weak to say, which was, I need help. You also said you reveal so that you can heal. And it's like people think there's a problem with revealing. And you tell your own story. So nobody ever has to tell Kirk's story. Ever. Whatever you've ever heard about me, except for the mixtape that my son put out on me. But uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> we weren't even gonna talk about that. By oh, the way, it's, it's all good. <laughs> but you know, and even with that one, you know, it was very important for me to acknowledge publicly uh, my disappointment in myself, and and to ask people to apologize. Uh, I, I apologize to people because. I do not want to normalize what may be normalized in our culture. And you know, you know, it's is I don't I wanted people to understand that I was aware that what I did and how I did it was not reflective of the man that they've seen, while at the same time making sure that I don't mm. set people up to think that they've got to be perfect on the journey as well. So That's right. so so there was this paradox that I love Jesus but I'm a mess at the same Ooh. time. I love Jesus, and I know for me, I love Jesus, but I always haven't conducted myself or said, listen, there are a few ex-boyfriends that can definitely say, I don't know, she sang when Jesus say yes, but (laughs) 
Woo! They have been on the receiving end. Okay. Yeah. Of, of your journey. They, of my been, journey, of my journey. anger, my hurt. Yeah. I will never forget. I had a therapist that said, I want you to write what you want to say to your dad. Mm-hmm. And Kirk, I found that some of the same things I said to my dad is what I said to someone that I was dating. Yeah, man, that's strong. I was so, I couldn't, I was like, and I immediately, and not that it made it right, because I didn't want it to be like it was an excuse, but I immediately had to reach out to that person and they understood, but it still didn't make it right because it still hurt words, that those words hurt that person, but... Thank you for not even saying, man, that was doctored up. It wasn't me. Um, no, you no. know how technology can no, be. That was me. We weren't even expecting that because to me, stuff like that is private. And my mama and daddy, although mm-hmm. be it it was dysfunctional, they didn't always quote scriptures and lay hands and pray for us <laughs> in a heated no. moment. No, okay. I'm- no, people need to know very clearly that was me. <laughs> that that was me, and like my pastor said so well to me, he said the the anger was legitimate, but the wrath wasn't. Who said that to you? Tony Evans, Doctor Tony Evans. That is your guy. That's my pops, man. That's my hero. That is my hero. Twenty two wow. minutes in the that guy. Absolutely. And I was just wondering, I said, when are we going to see Kirk with the black and white collar? Never. Being Never. ordained and that we'd Never. all get to come to the installation or the ordination of you under Tony Evans's ministry. Mm. No, is I love being a, a ratchet witness. You, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love being a ratchet. You know, it's, I'm, I am 100% love of Jesus as well as 100% love of the smoke. I don't mind that smoke either. Come so, on. Know, so you can pull up anytime and we can pray or we can <laughs> we we can we can we can we can lay these hands. Listen. You know what I'm saying? You know, oh my. Yeah. Because yeah. we can we go we I'm equipped to do both. Yeah. I'm equipped to yeah. do it all. Come <laughs> on, Kirk. Especially when it comes to protecting those I love. It's because when you when you have been deficient of love, you love different. Like I love hard, you know, I, you know, my trauma is a lot like yours, you know, it's our introductions were not always pretty. That's right. When we landed on the planet, most people have a luxury of kind of getting some blueprints. They not always perfect blueprints, but at least they get a manual, Yes, you know, sir. but for people like me and you in different forms, you know, sometimes we had to find the pages on the floor. And, and 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 maybe that page really belonged in in in, in chapter mm. six, but maybe we put it in chapter two, and then that other page maybe should have been the the uh, intro, but we put in that. So you know, in our journey, we're trying to put pages together, like a lot of black and brown people, like like yeah. like a lot of marginalized people that already carry their own trauma, you know. And so, love is a very difficult construct to understand when it's not modeled. It's because mm-hmm. you can't. You can't legislate right and wrong to the heart. The heart responds to love. And that's why religion is so dangerous. It's because religion will give you the list. But the list, absent of love, creates rebellion. Come on. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rules without relationship leads to rebellion. Yes, that's right. That's right. Wow. So did you have to be intentional when you were saying you didn't have the blueprint for love and for relationships, were you intentional about finding people that you thought maybe had it, modeled after them, mm. went to them, sought counsel from them? Yeah, great question. Yeah, uh, what what happened for me was is that there was a paradigmatic shift for me when I was a teenager, and I came to faith. You know, and 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 like most teenagers, you know, especially in my era, you know. You may get serious about your faith when something, you know, tragic happens. A homeboy of mine got shot and killed. And I knew that I was living foul. I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I was, as I was playing in church, but, you know, I was doing what little urban church kids do. You play in church, you smoke weed outside in the back of the church. And, you, you know, you know, you trying to be the Mac Daddy with all the choir girls. And so, you know, you, you're not living what you were reflecting in the pool. Sopranos or altos, Kirk? Both. <laughs> And, and and listen, I didn't discriminate. 
Ah, she could be a little sister. She could be a beautiful full-figured sister. Pick me up on her hip. You know, it's because I'm five four. You know, you know, and I don't weigh much. I have sat on many people's hips at the lube is all you can eat. I you know? am so <laughs> done. <laughs> Kirk was was really a player, y'all. I was trying to, but you, but you know what though? Here's what's funny. From the Himalayas. And I, <laughs> I promise that I'm not even trying to super spiritualize it or even trying to contextualize it. More than anything, I realized through therapy is that I was trying to find in women what I did not, when mm-hmm. I was not introduced to from my mama. Mm-hmm. That lack of love from a mama set you on the wrong trajectory. And so I was a very sensitive kid. I'm still a very sensitive man. Like I'm, like I'm a highly sensitive person, very sensitive, you know, and, and I take things very personally. So it's like, don't get the laughter twisted. Your, your sense of humor, let's not get that twisted for somebody that's not sensitive, if I'm hearing you right. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And, and it's very complex. You know, it's very, you know, it's, it's, it's when you start hearing about, uh, you know, the, the backstory about comedians, a lot of comedians that have committed suicide or a lot of comedians yeah. that are self-destructing. You would think that person seems so happy, but you find out the backstory about a lot of comedians mostly are very depressed people. Mm-hmm. As you know so well, and you know, you stood in front of millions more than I have, uh, just with the just with the breath of your career and 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 just having this great duality that you've been able to walk to is that creatives live in a state of fragility that a lot of times for the civilian it looks like it looks like privilege mm. but many do not understand the psychology of standing in front of thousands of people and going back to a hotel room by yourself and the psychology of that and what that yes. is, trying to divorce that high with your endorphins at a mm-hmm. high level. And then you go into this hotel room. And if you do not have some of the spiritual tools, you've got to self-medicate that transition. Absolutely. Yes. And you may self-medicate it with, you know, you know, you may have a little road piece. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we know about the road piece. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, I don't know. I'm. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> a road piece is, you know, like your little play girlfriend or boyfriend on the yeah. road. Yeah. You know, oh, you I may- thought you said roll piece no, no, as in roll. rolling. No, no, a no, blunt. road. No, road piece. Oh, got have it. Your yeah. little, you know, you know, you little just, some, something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have a little something on the side, even though you're married with family. Some mm-hmm. people do it with drinking. Some people do it mm-hmm. with drugs because there is a transition. And so you never really know what normal is. Woo! I'll never forget. I'll never forget one of the biggest fights that me and Tammy had, it was in 1999. And I was nominated, and this is not even a point for me to try to glory myself, by the grace of God, I was nominated for a lot of Grammys that year. It was the, mm. uh, it, it was the New Nation Project. And mm-hmm. so I was, I was also nominated in, in the category for, for producer of the year. It was the first time a gospel person had been in the category for producer of the year. So it was a lot of nominations. We performed on the Grammys that year. That's the the song with Bono and Mary J. Blige and all of them. And I'll never forget living in fear of what the gospel community felt about me. I was always afraid people think I'm, that people think that I think that I'm all that. And And I was afraid, I'm like, is I hope people don't feel that way about me. Is I hope people still oh, like me. And I hope hurt. people do not. Oh, man. Oh, man. And you know what? I may not even been on nobody's mind, but it's just the fear of that, that he's always taking up attention. He's always in the way. He's always. And I was always afraid of that. I was always afraid of not being liked. It's because I loved gospel music so much. Yes. And, you know, and, and it was never my agenda. It was never my attempt for, for these songs to cross over to other formats. I didn't have no. They just did. Like, I had no I plan on it. And so I'll never forget me and Tammy. It's because I was just emotionally in depression and my anxiety. Mm. It was just all over the place. And I'll never forget us going to Pastor Evans. And this was in 98, 99. And I'll never forget sitting with him, uh, with Tammy, and, and, and saying, I just don't know how to be 
It's I don't even know how to be. I don't, I don't even know how to walk. I don't know how to smile. It's I'm so worried about it's because I'm a church kid that's now thrust into these other worlds. Yeah. And I'm afraid that my core audience feels like, oh, well, who he think? You know, I was so afraid of that. And, and it's be- normally, Kirk, it's normally maybe three or four people that's thinking that. But your core, the fans, the people that support you, me as your fan, when you just named Bono and Mary, but at the same time, Rance Allen was on the same record. You know, saying the same album, the same album had Bono and Rance Allen. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it's incredible. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yo, I'm hype. The Black Effect is live. This April 27th, the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival is headed down to Atlanta's very own Pullman Yards. Last year was incredible, and this year will be even more thrilling, especially with Nissan coming back along for the ride. Nissan is returning with some empowering activations to support black excellence in the STEAM fields. Have a podcast idea you've been eager to share with the culture? Well, Nissan is back with the Pitch Your Podcast Lounge. You'll have the chance to record your podcast idea and share it with the Black Effect Podcast Network team. But that's not all. Nissan is taking the stage to spotlight some of the HBCU scholars from their own Thrill of Possibility Summit. Nissan's action-packed weekend of community building, mentorship, and professional development for HBCU scholars pursuing professions in STEAM. The Black Effect Podcast Festival is the event to be at. You will not want to miss this. Because no matter where life takes you, Nissan will dial up the thrill in your adventures. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Did you feel like you had to dim who you were? Kind of shrink down a little bit into certain spaces because of how you were feeling. Well, I just want people to like me. So we take on that posture. And like you said, we'll laugh at something that's not even that funny or we'll mm. overcompensate and overcompensate. over, over let people. It's like you speak to everybody. You make sure you look them in their eyes so they can have yeah. a great experience meeting the yeah. Kirk Franklin. That's mm-hmm. too much. It's so much. It comes with it, though, but I hate that. I hate when me coming into gospel, why she trying to come over here and take what we got? I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. What what I'm trying to take? I'm like you. I love gospel. And I personally was trying just to say, man, I hope with the resources that I have, whatever, I want to bring them to my first love gospel music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. I had more gospel in my iPod than I had of the genre that I was singing, R&B pop. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's but crazy. you feel like, okay, well, once I let me, once I go to the Stellars, let me let people know. Let me, let me even go up to some of my favorite artists and let them know that I love you. Let me let them know that mm-hmm. me and the girls listen to y'all in the dressing yeah. room, and and it yeah, was, yeah, it's like it's a lot, chill. It's a lot. And a lot of that is also because you're coming into a community that there's more talent than there is doors or or than there are doors. You know and, what? I was going to ask you about that because you were saying that about the streams of gospel music and, and how there was impact with gospel music personally 
um, with streaming. And thank you so much for bringing that up. Go ahead and expound on that. You know, you are already talking about a niche genre and uh, it's a genre that often at times skews older. And so when when uh, at the advent of streaming and the decline of CD sales and even stores that even made even CDs available, uh, it really impacted gospel music. Mm. And so because streaming is uh, oftentimes a younger audience, well, you have more in a secular society. You have less young people that subscribe to a to a monotheistic faith. Right. And so because of that, that reality is that if you are not in a space of like Hillsong and Maverick City and uh, some of those communities, a lot of the streaming opportunities for the genre isn't always there. And so it's a community that in the 90s, you had a Bobby Jones, you had a celebration of gospel, you had this, you had, sure uh, did. you know, you, mm-hmm. have, you had the GMWA, you, you had uh, uh, the, uh, what's, what's the, what's the midnight, what's the midnight concert at, uh, Kojic. Kojic. Yeah. yeah, li- yeah. Literally just midnight musical. You had yeah, AIM. Yeah. AIM all and all of that. Of that. Full yeah. gospel. Yeah. All connection. of that. All of that. So you had all of these platforms to be able to get your music out and connect with the audience. It's gone. Those Ooh. opportunities are gone. So when you have a big mega star like yourself that would come to the community, it's a community that's already trying to find its way to connect with people in a time when people are not necessarily just not just not connecting with the artists. They're not as much connecting with the message. Why not just say, come on, we need what you have. How can we do like this? That's it. That's too easy. Well, I guess. well, well. And then also when you're starving and you got half a little corner piece of chicken, it's really hard when you come into the room and I know that I got to share this half little corner piece of chicken with you. And I may like you to death, but my stomach rumbling. Woohoo. All right. All right. I get it. All you know right. I'll right. Just, okay. yeah. <laughs> you know, just to just to be fair to the community. I'm you know, it's now mind you, that ain't for everyone. I know there's some people that are always gonna have a hate on anything different and anything that they don't deem That's so good. as mm-hmm. as as worthy of, which is so much BS. But I also know that there are so many people in the community that they just trying to figure out how to get a church date. Yes, sir. It's because a lot of people not they are not engaging in the platforms that that used to be there like that anymore. You mm-hmm. know, and so that's challenging. Can those platforms? I wouldn't say necessarily say come back. I would say because other than that, that really is the only one of the only hopes for gospel music would be for platforms like that to be there and to be considered. Yeah, is I think that what God is doing with with a groups like Maverick City and 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 uh uh just different diverse communities. You uh, stop uh, Aaron putting yourself out the number. You Oh, well, just just whatever the platforms may be or the opportunities is that it's just trying to find ways to have relevant conversations about God. Oh, relevant. That's the key word. Yeah. It's because gospel music at its core, at its core, gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. It is. And when we... When we deviate from that fundamental truth, it just becomes inspirational, feel-good music, and you don't have to be in gospel to do it. And so as I think that we are also at a crossroads on people's ideals. In hip-hop, there's a unified message. Get money, turn That's up, it. get them ladies, yep. and smoke that, whatever, and then be about your business. So, you know, there's a unifying front that the church of hip-hop says amen to, right? Ah, come on. That's so good. But in black faith culture, there are so many marginalized and broken messages. You can't wear dresses. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't say this like you can't be that. And we can't work with them and we can't work with those people. And so people hear more about what they can't do than what they can do. And they're talking about the guy who created everything. Mm-hmm. So, so you've got this big global conversation of this universal God who is the creator of all mankind, but this marginalized conversation 
but we're going to talk about God. But you got to do it like this. Wow. And to have such talk about a big God. Huge. How Huge. can you limit exactly. him to just... Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Come exactly. on. Come on. And speaking of hip hop, the L.A. Times, this is what the L.A. Times said, that you breathed life into the Space Jam soundtrack, along with Little Baby for We Win in one of the biggest films this year. How did that opportunity come about? There is a guy named Evan Lambert, who's the president of Universal Music Publishing. And uh, Evan has been an incredible, kind spirit to me. He, uh, he's, uh, he's made it his mandate to want to put me in rooms, to want to put me in different rooms. And so um, he's been such a kind, you know, and his roster wow. is, you know, thick, you know, from the Migos to, you know, to Elton John catalog. I, I mean, you know, this guy's the president yeah. of one of the biggest publishing companies in the world. And, and uh, you know, this, this a beautiful Jewish man, you know, has taken, you know, to heart this little black Christian, you know, guy and, and uh, sees other things in me. And so uh, he brought me to the table because they were doing the publishing for the soundtrack. And uh, the studio had a track that they were really in love with by Just Blaze. They just were not happy with some of the things that were written to it. Like they were not happy with what was being written to the track. And so uh, they brought me to the table to see if I would be interested to try to write to the track. And so I called Just Blaze and I said, can you send me stems to your track is because I've got, because you know how hip hop is. A lot of times hip hop is a loop. You know what I'm saying? It's all, you know, mm -hmm. it's it. a loop. And I'm not trying to disrespect the art form. Yeah, but it is, that's what it is. Yeah. It's a loop, it's a loop. And a lot of times the loops may have samples that are going through them. Yeah. So you really can't hear a melody. So I said, man, send me the stems. So I got in the studio and I was able to pull a lot of the samples out. And then I was able to sit down and play mm. the song because I'm old school. I believe that a song isn't a song if you can't play and sing it. Y'all, what would normally be said in a master class that's worth thousands of dollars, you just got this nugget. <laughs> gem, not a nugget. I hate saying nuggets. This was a gem. Go ahead. <laughs> yes, sweet. sir. And so what I what I was able to do, and then after I was able to hear it, I hit Just Blaze back. Well, and I told the studio and Just Blaze, I said, I would like to add like some bridges and some choruses and some beat parts, you know, you know, to make it a song. To make and it I, a song. And I, to not, to not, to not just have a loop, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I was like, we whatever you may be going through. You know, and so I brought my band in, you know, as I brought my band in and, and I was like, you know, so kind of opening up the, the track allowed me to be able to kind of get with God to see if he had some ideas. And so he, he started downloading some joints. And so I, I was like, back, how you make it sound just like you, Kirk? <laughs> Come on. I'm so thankful because your journey in gospel music, how it intertwines with mainstream music. And you are still, still making impact. And it does not seem like you have plans on stopping anytime soon. I just really have plans on doing the best I can to follow Jesus. I say that because I have messed up a lot of times in my life trying to follow me. Trying to follow me, um, you know, trying to make it can be a drug. Trying to find your way, trying, trying to have a relevant voice and trying to, you know, it can become the drug. As I give this illustration all the time, that my first concert, Michelle, in California, when I was a brand new artist in Los Angeles, we drove. We had, we had a bus that drove us from, da from Dallas, Fort Worth to Los Angeles. And so we left Dallas late, Michelle. And so because we left late, we were trying, I mean, the driver was speeding to his best ability wow. to get us to LA, right? So by the time we get to LA, the promoter was like, man, so what did you think of that drive? And I was like, I oh, man, I had to pay no attention. I was trying to get, as I was trying to get here. He was like, you didn't see the, uh, the stars in the middle of the night through the desert? Man, I was driving so fast to get here, I didn't see any of that. He's like, you didn't see those mountains? Man, I was driving so fast to get here, I didn't see any of it. Do you feel where I'm going? I was trying so bad to get there. That I missed all the beauty of the journey. Mm. So 
I've just really made a decision that man, I don't want to be trying to do all this work saying that I rep God, but never get to know him. Yes, sir. So wow. I'm just really doing my best to get to know him so that he can show me me. Yes, sir. And, and, yes, sir. And, you know, you know, and I fail at it. I fail at it. I fail at it every day, man. I, I got so much in me that I see is like, Ooh, you didn't have to say that like that. Ah, you had wrong motives. You manipulated oh. that conversation. Ah, uh, you was being a little uh, hypocritical right there. Uh, and it's like, okay. But what I have to remember though, that's not to show me to condemn me. That's to show me to love me. Because a coach, a coach does not make his players stay later because he's trying to beat him up. He's making him stay later to make him better. Make him better. That's the beauty too about being intentional about saying, I want to be more self-aware mm -hmm. because you will grow, you will be better, and you will love better. And while we are just on this note, I would protest my podcast to be canceled if I did not have you speak to somebody listening to this podcast right now. It's called Checking In with Michelle Williams and the foundation of it is mental health, checking in with yourself, mm. checking in with others, and checking Beautiful. in with God, right? Beautiful. What message can you tell somebody right now who's saying, I love Kirk, but I'm struggling. I mm. love God, but I'm struggling. I don't feel like there's hope. Kirk, mm -hmm. what can you share with us as we close? I will say to the person that struggles with something as simple as normal anxiety to somebody struggling with uh, to to being bipolar or to depression. I struggle with anxiety. I struggle with depression. Is I need for people to hear something very important. I'm 51 years old now. I'm 51, and so I've been around for a minute. I'm a triple OG, you know. And yes, so, sir. Uh, is I need for people to understand that on this side of heaven we will have struggles that I think that the biggest challenge with sometimes mental health or bad religion is that you feel very isolated and mm. you feel that you are the first person ever created on earth that is going through the emotional trauma or the psychological battles or the deep dreams and emotions that, that you can't even articulate. You are not alone. We are all, we are all fragile pieces of creation hungry to get home. That's all we are. We, we are so breakable. That's why I have a problem with people that do not have empathy with human beings. The fragility of humanity mm. is so in dire need of compassion and patience because life can be brutal. Life can be a very painful story, a very painful mm -hmm. narrative. And if you do not take it easy on yourself, God is more patient with you than you can ever be. The mm -hmm. beating up of yourself that you're doing, that's pride. Jesus died so you don't have to. Now, I know everybody may not subscribe to my um, ideals of faith, and that is fine. That is fine. God is a gentleman. Will never force his uh, his uh, his way into anyone's heart. He will knock, and you have the choice to answer. And that's you. I'm sharing with you what has been Kirk's journey. What is Kirk's experience? I'm not here to proselytize my faith. Yeah. That would be very abusive. Mm -hmm. I I pray that my story, my example, can be such a light that I make what happened for me maybe attractive to you that maybe you may consider okay well let me see what happened to Kirk because it still has to be your choice and I want you to know something else very important too is that God does not wear a watch so that means that you are never running out of time sometimes people think I got to get married by a certain time I got to get fixed by a certain time is I got to you know reach all these goals by a certain time or else the maker of your soul does not have a watch. Some of the greatest accomplishments from some of the heroes of faith, these people were 60, 70, 80 years old, and they changed and they revolutionized yes. what faith was in the modern world at that time. 
Or, or should I say, in the ancient world at that time. And these were people that had, you know, a limited education, limited resources, but they had a willing heart. Do not live in fear of tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself when it gets here. That's right. That's so good, Kirk. Y'all, I am truly, truly humbled that Kirk checked in with us today. Thank you, Kirk. Reach out and touch somebody's head. Make this world a better place. Sing, girl. If you can, reach out and touch somebody's head. Make this world. impromptu bro we just did that just like that just like that hallelujah (laughs) Woo! that was amazing that was beautiful that's dope you gotta show that that is crazy listen thank you for having me kirk thank you for coming on here and blessing us and just giving us so many gems to take with us Thank you for your time. No, man. And I no, hope man. to see you again soon. Beautiful black queen. It's an honor My to friend. see you. And I can't wait to see you again. Yes, sir. I love you. That's what I'm going to end here and say I love you. I'm grateful you for you. Thank you. Y'all I did not tell you this interview should definitely go in the Hall of Fame of podcasts. Didn't I tell y'all? that we were about to flow? Didn't I tell y'all that he was about to impart some wisdom, some hope, some humor? Didn't I tell y'all that? Kirk is just awesome. I hope that you are feeling encouraged. I hope you're knowing that none of us come into this world, well, I would say we came into this world perfect, but somewhere along the line, because of circumstances and environments, you know, we were abused. It left some flaws on us, whether emotional, physical, or mental. And so you almost start to believe that because you have scars and because you have flaws, God can't somehow use you. But God always uses imperfect people because at the end of the day, it's for him to get the glory. I'm so humbled by my flaws. I'm humbled by my scars. I'm humbled by my insecurities. And Kirk always is so transparent about his insecurities. He's always been transparent about the rejection he felt even up until his adulthood of being rejected by his own biological parents and having to be adopted. So I'm just going to close this out by loving on you today, by letting you know, do not let your circumstances or pain that was inflicted upon you, or even if you were the person inflicting pain on others, there's still a future for you. There's still awesome and great things that you can still do and accomplish. Imperfect flawed, dirty, messed up, ratchet, all the adjectives that you could possibly describe about yourself, God can still use that. He's so awesome like that. I know him to be that because he deals with me every day and he still opens doors for me. He still allows me to talk with y'all week after week. And thank y'all for checking in. Thank you for downloading these episodes. Thank you for sharing the episodes. Thank you for just telling your homies, your girlfriends, your boyfriends, your spouses, your partners, your coworkers about checking in. Because every week, this is going to be my job and duty to impart humor, to impart wisdom, and to give you hope that lets you know you are still amazing. You are still lovable despite what you might have done or despite what has happened to you. I love you.
Checking In with Michelle Williams is a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a Day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more more info now.